Let's talk about Capitec and their earnings that came out yesterday, Nadir. Um, <laughs> what, can, well, what do we read into that? Yes, Akina, I mean, look, it was a phenomenal growth rate. They managed to, as expected, outperform um, the rest of the big banks in, on the JSC in terms of headline earnings per share growth. So um, interim headline earnings per share growth of 17%, that outperforming uh, Standard Bank, Barclays, Nedbank, and First Rand, who all derived earnings growth in the region of uh, around 7, uh, 7.5% to 12.5% for, Net, uh, for Standard Bank, which was the best. So uh, obviously, Capitec operating a very high growth segments of the market, so that was expected. But, uh, you know, if you look at the numbers, they still look fairly impressive. They managed to add around 106,000 additional users per month um, to, their, to, to, to their earnings base and uh, to, to their number of accounts, rather, should I say. And that obviously is contributing quite significantly to an increase in their retail deposits um, to just over 55 billion rand. Um, but if you look at their numbers, Sakina, um, or just over Four million of their clients actually don't use uh, don't use Capitec as their primary bank, so they still have a secondary bank account. Uh, but the number of accounts they have is increasing on the back of the very attractive interest rate that they offer, 5.1 percent uh, on a positive balance, which is significantly above um, the other banks. And uh, you know that's still driving um, a lot of rotation into Capitec, which is one seen as a bank for poor people. Um, you know they, they're definitely shedding that image with more middle-income um, individuals, uh, you know, switching to Capitec and a lot of branches opening in middle-income areas and middle-income malls. So, Sakina, um, you know, growth in their unsecured lending book, they're talking a lot about bringing uh, the, the interest rate on unsecured lending down, um, you know, to inline or just slightly above uh, secured lending at, uh, you know, targeting at uh, under 13% interest rate for unsecured loans. Um, if you look at the amount of loans that to write off for the value of the loans that they've written off, it comes to just over 3 billion rand. And, um, you know, they obviously provision for write-offs very, very conservatively, where uh, all loans which have gone into debt review, they essentially write off, but it's expected that they'll um, earn something like 20 cents on the rand for those loans that have gone into bad review. So, Sakina, very prov- uh, conservative provisioning, which they've always done, impressive headline earnings per share growth. I suppose the one caveat, of course, is that it trades fairly expensively um, at around about 26, 27 times earnings, uh, whereas the rest of the banks probably trade on less than half that. So a lot of the growth is already being priced in, and a lot of credit is given to management to continue with this growth plan moving forward. Um, you know, and we'll have to wait and see how they continuously innovate um, you know, to attract new customers, continuously innovate to uh, extend new loans and, and, and reduce those write-offs, which they've done phenomenally well if one compares it to other unsecured lenders, most notably African Bank. Um, and as we saw earlier in the year, Sakina, uh, the kind of growth we've seen from Capitec actually pushed them into the big four banks with a market cap above that of Nedbank. So it's going to be interesting to see how they drive their growth strategy moving forward, Sakina, because the market is still giving them a lot of, uh, a lot of credibility in terms of uh, being able to maintain that growth um, with a 27 times PE. But the share price marginally down yesterday after the results, but that was because of the broader financials and banking index coming under some pressure. And then looking at Saudi Arabia, Nadir, uh, $12.5 billion debt issuance. Yeah, Sakina, we've seen a significant amount of debt issuance from um, out of the Middle East, you know, whether it's been in the conventional debt space or whether it's been in the uh, Sharia compliance, the Cook markets, the Islamic markets, 
Um, you know, sustained low oil prices for probably three years now um, has obviously put a lot of pressure on these countries' finances, you know, and I think uh, this $12.5 billion debt issuance comes after a record $17.5 billion debt issuance uh, from the Middle East country, uh, you know, last year. And we see them across a variety of maturities, including ten, uh, five years, 10 years, and 30 years. And, uh, you know, the, the kind of, um, you know, yields that these bonds have uh, secured are actually very, are actually very tight, you know, or very low yields, uh, given the ongoing global search for yield for decent quality credit issuers. So, um, you know, if you look at the 30-year space, it's being issued at 180 basis points spread above the equivalent U.S. Treasuries. If you look at the five-year and the 10-year space, um, it's being issued at around about 110 and 120 basis points spread um, over 10-year U.S. Treasuries. So the spread and the initial indicative pricing was for the 30 years to come in at about a 200 basis point spread. Um, you know, so we're seeing a lot of demand for these instruments. I mean, uh, you know, a country like Iraq returned to the bond market for the first time in 10 years um, earlier this year, and their $1 billion debt issuance was over six times oversubscribed with $6.6 billion in orders, and a number of other Middle Eastern countries, including Kuwait, Jordan, and Oman, have also come to the market this year, all of which were oversubscribed. So, Sakina, I think this is just evidence that the ongoing search for yield continues. Emerging market debt continues to see inflows, much like we've seen in South Africa. Um, and a lot of these Middle Eastern nations are using this as an opportunity uh, to, to uh, you know, uh, to continue their fiscal expenditure, plug the, the, the budget deficits that they have, um, even though they're talking about reducing their budget deficits and transforming their economies, particularly Saudi Arabia with Vision 2020 and, uh, you know, uh, listing a part of uh, Saudi Aramco to raise finances. But for the time being, uh, you know, ongoing uh, capital needed to plug the deficit from falling oil prices. Nadir, let's leave it there for today. Thank you so much, Nadir Token, Investment Analyst at 274 Investment Managers.